March 25th is the Annunciation of our Lord. It's the day we celebrate the angel appearing to Mary and announcing that Jesus is to be born. In nine months, it's Christmas. What a great event to remember and recall. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. The Old Testament reading for the Feast of the Annunciation is from Isaiah chapter 7. Again the Lord spoke to Ahaz, Ask a sign of the Lord your God, let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. And he said, Hear then, O house of David. It is too little for you to weary men, that you weary my God also. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. Our epistles from Hebrews chapter 10. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings, you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. When he said above, You have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings, these are offered according to the law. Then he added, Behold, I have come to do your will. He abolishes the first in order to establish the second. And by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the first chapter. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, he'll be called the Son of the Most High. 
And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has con also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. In many and various ways, God has spoken to the prophets of old. But now, in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In 2014, a woman tweeted the following message to the famed atheist Richard Dawkins. It read, I honestly don't know what I would do if I were pregnant with a kid with Down syndrome. Real ethical dilemma. His response was, Abort it and try again. It would be immoral to bring it into the world if you have the choice. In Father explaining his tweet, he said, If your morality is based, as mine is, on a desire to increase the sum of happiness and reduce suffering, the decision to deliberately give birth to a Down syndrome baby when you have the choice to abort it early in the pregnancy might actually be immoral for the, from the point of view of the child's own welfare. In other words, Richard Dawkins says that the answer to suffering is death. It would be preferable to cut someone's life short than to have them face pain, troubles, or trials. Especially if you could do so when the child was in the womb and considered part of the woman's body. But it's not just Richard Dawkins who promotes such an idea. Death seems to be the answer mankind proposes for all kinds of suffering. Abortion for the unwanted baby so that others may have a better life. Assisted suicide for the terminal patient so that more suffering could be avoided. Euthanasia for the elderly whose quality of life has clearly declined in order to put them out of their misery and to help society use its resources more wisely. And for those suffering mental anguish and depression, for those attacked by mental illness, well, outright suicide is offered in order to end the suffering. 
While people do make attempts to alleviate suffering through drugs, surgeries, and gifting them with things and other means, these don't always work. It doesn't always happen or help as we would think it would. Whereas, according to human eyes, well, death seems to put an end to suffering once and for all. This then is the best that mankind has to offer. In our gospel reading, the angel Gabriel appears to Mary with a huge announcement. Isaiah had foretold this very day how God would provide an amazing sign. The virgin conceiving and bearing a son. Thus, Gabriel announces to Mary that she will have the honor of carrying in her womb the Son of the Most High, who will sit on the throne of his father David and reign over the house of Jacob forever. Gabriel further explains that this miracle conception will happen by God's power through the work of the Holy Spirit. Thus, God will be born of the Virgin Mary, and he will take the name Jesus. In this, we have God's answer to suffering and sin. The epistle to the Hebrews explains that Christ came into the world to do God's will and to sacrifice himself once for all. God the Son gives his life to our need. He comes to live and do all that God the Father commanded. He fulfills the law. Then he makes us holy and pure by offering his life and body in our place on the cross. Know how this contrasts so greatly with man's wisdom. If God had applied the philosophy of men that Dawkins promotes... He would have forever obliterated us in the Garden of Eden after we had eaten the fruit. When we took that fruit and separated ourselves from God, we ended up choosing suffering over God, death over life. Now certainly this is what we deserve. We deserve death. We deserve to suffer. If we reject the one who created us and provides for us, what else can we have but suffering? What more can we hope for except being without? In this Lenten season, as we ponder our sin that brought Christ to the cross, this announcement gives us much to rejoice about. This announcement nine months before Christmas gives us hope. God hasn't abandoned us to death or destruction. God hasn't followed the wisdom of man. Instead of turning us over to death, God the Son is going to come and take up our death for us. He, he's going to do what is impossible for us. He's going to rescue us out of our suffering. He's going to end suffering without ending us. He's going to deliver us into his house and his kingdom, an everlasting house, a forever kingdom. Today, we hear and see that he takes on human flesh. 
Jesus is conceived in Mary. As the word is proclaimed, so it is done. God works this miracle. Thus, you have the answer to suffering. God will bear up under our suffering in our flesh. You have Emmanuel, which means exactly what we have in Jesus. God with us. How amazing. How wonderful. God with us in the suffering. This changes everything. The Holy One comes to live among us and take our suffering upon himself. He doesn't avoid it or run from it. He doesn't condemn us to our fate and to death. He joins us in our otherwise hopeless situation. He answers our sin, suffering, and death by taking on human flesh in order to give of his life and his righteousness for you. He sacrifices himself for you. Rather than hand you over to death, he runs headlong into death himself in order to bring you out of suffering and sin and into his holiness and his life. By his sacrifice, he restores the life you lost. By his sacrifice, he redeems you from suffering to bring you into his eternal pleasures and joy. By shedding his blood, he delivers you from sin and death. God answers our suffering by bringing his very life into it in order to overthrow it and to conquer death. He rescues you from the eternal suffering that our sin had earned us. As Gabriel said to Mary, on account of Jesus, he also speaks to us. Do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. In, with, and on account of Jesus Christ, God has shown you favor. Here is our hope and our certainty. God has baptized you and made you his own. He has brought his cross, suffering, and death to you in those blessed waters in order to deliver you out of this world of suffering and death. You are rescued. You are delivered. You are forgiven. You are his. Certain of this hope. We willingly suffer here and now, knowing that God is true to his word and promises. Certain of this hope, we willingly sacrifice for our neighbor. Certain of this hope, we look forward in anticipation of his coming, knowing that as the announcement of his first coming was fulfilled, so the prophecy and announcement of his second coming will likewise be fulfilled. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. 
Thanks be to God. And now the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. Amen.